0: Hi, this is Joe Overline. I'm CEO and co founder of Swing Dev, and you're listening to the App Guy Podcast. The App Guy Podcast. Straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy. Welcome to another episode of the App Guide Podcast. I'm your host, it's Paul Kemp. Uh, This is for uh, you you budding startup founders, entrepreneurs, uh, anyone who is uh, interested in the startup space, especially as it relates to the mobile revolution that we're going through. Uh, What I do is I go around the world and find uh, really wonderful experts, people that are living this space, breathing startups. I uh, deconstruct their journey, try to uh, get some good tips and hints and strategies for you to then adopt in your own ventures, your own projects. Uh, do share the podcast, of course. It's a, it's a wonderful resource for uh, others, and the way we learn is through sharing. Um, so today, I have a, a wonderful, wonderful uh, chat with uh, the founder of PlanSnap. Uh, we're going to uh, learn about uh, her journey, her uh, yeah, all the ups and downs that she's been on so far and see if we can glean anything for our own journeys. Her name is Louise Doherty. She is the founder of PlanSnap and, and Louise, welcome to the app Guy podcast. Thank you very much for having me. It's wonderful to talk to you. Well, uh, first of all, let's find out about PlanSnap to understand what it is you're doing. So t- tell us about PlanSnap.
1: Yeah. So PlanSnap is a frictionless social planning app, which lets you plan anything with anyone in two taps. And if that sounds crazy, that's because currently it is. Uh, If you've tried to plan anything with anyone, you know that it's like a mess of group text back and forward. You know, who's buying the tickets? Where are we meeting? You know, is that person free? Chaos. But we use machine learning to get people to agree on the four things that make plans happen. Agreeing on who, what, where and when.
0: That's wonderful. Now, you know, I almost love that elevator pitch. It sounds like you've given that out quite a few times. Uh, How long did it take to kind of really... Uh, shorten what you do to such a, a snappy intro. It must be quite hard.
1: <laughs> um, a while. I guess my background is in, um, like kind of product marketing. So I guess I've always been relatively good at communicating. I trained as a journalist and, uh, I was uh, maybe embarrassingly, the captain of the, the debating team at school. So communicating what it is that, um, I wanted to achieve has not been that hard, I would say, but doing it concisely is hard. Um, and actually I've been doing, um, Uh, I've just finished Techstars, the world's best um, tech accelerator in the last couple of weeks. And as part of Techstars, you pitch to probably 50 mentors and investors over the course of three days. So just back to back to back, it's like boom, boom, boom. So uh, that's one definite benefit of going through an accelerator is that you have your pitch down.
0: Yeah. And it's wonderful you mentioned Techstars because we've had a number of Techstars uh, on this show, including uh, I think the XMD and... uh, the current MD as well and so if you search um, on the Co, uh, you can search actually for anyone listening just go and search Eamon Mally, O'Malley or uh, John Bradford or uh, maybe I'll put a link to all the uh, past episodes of Techstars as well because it's a wonderful chat. So, so Louise then uh, have you tried various different uh, opening um, kind of pitches uh, and uh, you know have you got any tips for at uh, actually pitching to such a, an important audience?
1: I think the key thing is uh, trying to tailor your pitch depending on who the audience is. So if I'm talking to one of my friends about what I'm doing and why i you know, quit my job to go and build an app, um, my, my pitch would be very different to if I'm sat in front of an investor. Um, you know, For us, social planning, there are statistics which say that 33% of the population um, who are male, oh, I'm going to get that wrong, hang on,
0: uh, hopefully there's a few more of us than 33%. <laughs> <23%. laughs>
1: so you're more likely to lead the logistical legwork of doing social planning if you're female. Um, that's pure internet research. So when I'm pitching to investors, uh, they're most likely male and they're most likely affluent and uh, they're most likely in relationships. They don't have the same life experience that I do. And so what I'm trying to do to, to those people is to explain the problem. So for example... We know that we use uh, nine apps, 22 app switches, 77 swipes, 13 minutes on the phone, and 10 texts when trying to create the average plan. And I might not tell my friends that because they already know we live that life. But that is something I would have to explain to an investor. So tailoring your pitch is really important.
0: So, Louise, you were talking about uh, textiles and the climax of textiles is was presenting in front of all the hundreds of investors uh how did you prepare for that because that must have been fairly nerve-wracking for you
1: i perhaps didn't find it as nerve-wracking as some other people on the program um but it was definitely an occasion uh you know from the moment you go into textiles you you know you get drills that the program is going to be intense that you're going to spend every single second of the day working towards this moment and uh, you're going to stand up there and you're going to be as good as every single other founder who has ever delivered a textiles presentation. You think how's that going to happen? <laughs> you know, I haven't, I haven't got a company yet, so uh, I'm not quite sure what I'm going to say. And so, so I would say that the companies broke down into people who were concerned about public speaking and people that were um, most nervous about what they could achieve to see if the content would be good enough. And I definitely felt like the latter category because I went into textiles with, you know, an idea um, and came out with a product and also a team of five. So for me, it was about how much ground can I make over those 16 weeks?
0: Yeah. And actually, how did you get into textiles? Because uh, a lot of uh, the apps to try listening, you know, would love to get into an accelerator or uh, an incubator. And how, how did you actually go about getting into textiles in the first place?
1: So the the criteria for Techstars is team, 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 market traction idea. So by definition, I shouldn't have actually got into Techstars because um, they don't accept solo founders. Because if you're basing the majority of your criteria on the team, that's a lot of pressure to put onto one person. but a lot of people said to me, you know, you're not at the right place for an accelerator, don't even bother applying. But I've never really believed in that. I, my motto is you can always ask. And so I did. So I put together an application um, and uh, and yes, they accepted me. I think that there is there is definitely a process to um, to t- to do when you apply to an accelerator. And if anybody is looking out there for those tips, then I'd be happy to talk to them. Um uh, but you know it's mostly making sure that you've got something that stand out that you know nobody else could have achieved or something that's kind of against all the odds something which will make them sit up and say do you know what this person's early on in their journey but they've really done something um unusual by this point and we'll give them a shot
0: i'd love to go back over that you said team 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 market traction and there was one other thing idea idea great oh that's amazing so idea is at the the end of that list
1: so the, the rationale is that you're investing in the, the people that have come together and their expertise, how they work together, you know, their, I guess, values and mission more so than you're investing in the product that they've produced or the idea that they're working towards or, or how much traction that's got because once you start putting a product out into the real world, you know, you get feedback and then your product changes. So you might actually end up in a very different place to where you started. But if you're confident that the team has got the skills to work in that area then uh you know whatever is the result that comes out of it is is based purely on the team
0: wonderful now you mentioned earlier that you uh were a solopreneur and again uh, a lot of people listening and reading uh, this are are solopreneurs how have you coped on your own Uh, because that must be quite challenging
1: (laughs) um there are pros and there are cons um the the hardest part i would say is that there's no one to you know high five when things are going well and there's no one to cry on when things are going badly because inevitably every single day encounters at least five of those big ups and downs um i would say that i found it quite difficult to deal with in the early days when i was still trying to articulate what i was going to do i was still trying to work out how i would put the pieces together and i knew that i could ask lots of different people for advice but it i wasn't there was no one to bounce off to work out which questions to ask um, and I definitely got a little bit stuck at the beginning and my advice there to avoid doing that would be do not sit at home, um, tell all your friends and family what you're doing so that they can support you, find really good advisors and as quickly as you can get into some kind of co-working space, um, you know, incubator or accelerator, go to meetups, do all of that kind of stuff because you need to have momentum. The second you sit down, that's when the kind of self-doubt starts to creep in and you have decision paralysis and uh, yeah, everything you should do should be to avoid that. I would also say having a really strong, um, I guess, hobby or interest or something else that might motivates you outside of doing a startup is really healthy. So for me, that's sports and um, I've been a bit injured recently, but I am going to train this year for a half Ironman. I've done an Olympic triathlon before and knowing that you've got to go and run 10k after you've just had like, you know, a crazy negotiation or, um, hired a new person or, you know, all these big things that happen in, in startup life. But knowing that you've got another priority helps to sort of keep your emotions level. And obviously, you know, endorphins are always great.
0: You know, uh, it's so funny you should mention that, Louise, because we're recording this on the day where I listened to Headspace and my uh, subject today was sport and motivation. And uh, what I was learning is that if you can bring some of the aspects of what you do in sport in, into your own life and the startup life, you know, I was thinking of, that then you can actually improve all parts of your, your life. And I can imagine the focus you get from, doing sport that does actually trickle through to the uh, mentality you need for startups.
1: Absolutely. That would be another one of my tips, would be meditation. Uh, It seems a bit trendy at the minute, but it really does work. Um, But yeah, so for for sports, I think it helps you with goal setting. It helps you do things that you never thought were possible. Um, It helps you socialise with people in a a different context that's not just alcohol. Um, There are loads of reasons why doing sport is is also helpful in business. And I think there have been studies about, uh, particularly women in business, they used to. There's. Um, they used to play for their uh, school or university or county at sport level, uh, and there's a correlation between those gr- that group of women and female CEOs. I find that really interesting. And, and at some point, I'd really like to do some volunteering for kind of like sports between, I guess, the ages of 13 and 23, which for me I call the lost decade where I just didn't do any sport because, you know, you become self conscious and there are other priorities in life. Uh, but continuing sport through that period, I think, would have had a massively different effect on my life and probably got me started on a startup journey sooner
0: rather than later. So, so Louise, let's talk about some things that can really help people out then because you mentioned co working spaces and. Uh, Do you have any ideas on the co-working spaces that you found or that you attended? Uh, We'd love to know, you know, like, so, for example, uh, how we can find these same co-working spaces.
1: Mm. Hmm. I guess, I mean, you've got the big WeWorks of the world, but they can be quite expensive. And I think it's actually sometimes nicer to work in a slightly smaller environment. So... Uh, I've used Hubble quite a lot to have a look at different offices where they're, you know, one particular startup is then renting out a desk and then actually you've got the opportunity to find something a bit more custom and a bit, you know, interesting and then also have shared skills or, uh, you know, be working in the same industry and kind of learn and help each other. We were going to go down that route, but actually we've just signed uh, a lease with the Travel Tech Lab, which is part of London and Partners. It's um, just next to the Mayor of London's office. And it's a specialist in everything to do with Travel Tech, which obviously, uh, yes, you can use PlanSnap to organise going for a run or going for a beer, but you could also use, you know, Uh, you could use PlanSnap to organise a weekend away or a holiday. And so we kind of fall into this travel tech space. And I'm really excited to move in uh, in a couple of weeks because... London & Partners obviously attracts incredible investors and commercial partners from around the world. And they'll actually be walking into our office and actively looking to work with the startups in the space. So I guess I would say try and look for a co-working space which has added value. It's not just a desk, there's something else there which is going to help you achieve your business aims.
0: Yeah, you reminded me of the time when I actually was working in finance and we moved a building and happened to be in the same office as Google. and just being in a lift <laughs> or an elevator with, you know, people working in Google. And uh, there I was with, you know, a, a suit on. And th- those guys were shorts, T-shirt, whatever, you know, the uniform was. And uh, it was uh, it certainly inspired me to get, you know, out of that into tech. Uh, and so, um, you know, actually, I just reminded myself of, uh, if uh, anyone uh, listening, they can go to theappguy.co and search WeWork. And we had the uh, c uh, CMO, I think, the Chief Marketing Officer or Chief Revenue Officer, uh, you know, high up uh, with WeWork. And we talked about WeWork, so it uh, might be worth going back and listening to that episode. Uh, you know, so uh, we've covered a lot um, about uh, stuff. I just wondered, as we draw this to an end, uh, like what uh, events you find around the world that are probably most appealing for you? There's a lot of events, a lot of networking opportunities, but... For your like, uh, next six months or so, do you have like a list of events that you just need to attend?
1: Um, I use Gary's Guide, which is a fantastic uh, website which has all kinds of different events. It's more of an American focus, but as we're split between New York and London, that works for me. Um, but the ones that I absolutely would not want to miss would be SheWorks Events, So they were set up by two female founders in New York and they now have SheWorks events, I think in five different locations around the world. They are specifically for women, but, you know, men are also welcome. And the quality of those events is just sky high in terms of the attendees, the stage of the company that they're at, the speakers that they get in uh, to actually talk to us, you know, are brilliant. The topics, everything about their events is approached from a really practical way. You know, there's none of this, like, fireside chat ego stroking let's all network in a really ambiguous way it's like you want to learn what you should put an investor pitch deck right well here's here's exactly what we're going to talk about and here was we're going to get someone in who's a fantastic investor and role model um and yeah so i love the she works events
0: wonderful uh so um really then uh, just to finalize then uh, in terms of uh plan snap where do you see yourselves going uh, over the years uh, you, you know you talked about like the, the, the possibility of like lots of startups changing and uh, i just wondered what you your vision is for the future of PlanSnap. snap
1: anytime you meet up with another person in real life PlanSnap will be the way that you've organized that so whether that's getting a group of friends together, whether that is um, going on a date, whether that is organising your doctor's appointment, your estate agents, um, you know anything. It, if you're meeting with other people in real life, PlanSnap will be the way that you do that. We've started with the app because it's a very, um, I guess it's a common way for people to start to use new technology, but. Plan, the PlanSnap app is just one part of our ecosystem, which will encompass lots of different ways and uh, platforms to make plans in the future. So I guess we we are aiming to be maybe the Airbnb for experiences, um, to, to be able to help you plan anything with anyone in the quickest way possible.
0: It's such a great uh, vision. And uh, certainly, you know, I hope to be using PlanSnap going forward for organising uh, uh, AppGuy interviews or, or um you know meetups with the listeners so uh, that could be kind of fun
1: yes well the the good news is that we're uh, we are actually launching at south by southwest So we're staying in um, uh, invite only mode for a little bit because we want to focus on finding the super planners of the world. The people like me who are, you know, always scouring time out and, um, you know, looking for new restaurants, following people on social media to find out, you know, all the cool things to do and to build the best possible experience we can for those people. So um, if that sounds like you, anyone who's listening, or if that sounds like you, Paul, then um, you can put yourself on the invite list at plansnap.com.
0: Great. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. That's uh, episode 515 of the App Guide podcast. Just go to the appguide.co and you can get a link as well. Um, Louise, it's been an absolute joy and you've inspired me. I'm sure you've inspired lots of uh, you know, females listening to this and, uh, and lots of uh, startup founders. How can people best reach out and connect with you? What, what's the best way of getting in touch?
1: Uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram as at Louise Doherty Twitter you'll find me sharing links about women in tech and Startup Life Instagram is probably more pictures of sport but um, yeah do contact me on either of those.
0: Great Louise thanks for coming on the App Guide podcast and listen all the best with uh, helping us uh, efficiently organise uh, our lives so I appreciate it.
1: Thank you thanks for having me